Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. This is episode 321, and this episode and the next episode, 322, will be about the Antichrist millennium. And what we're doing is looking at prophecy as taught in the catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, you might be a Protestant listening. We welcome you. I urge you, get a hold of the catechism, because if you want to find what the church has believed about biblical prophecy for century after century after century after century, I don't think you'll find any place where you'll find a more succinct collection of those teachings. And I think you'll find what's in the catechism is um, about the end times is very little different from what, say, Martin Luther and John Calvin believed. So this is a good thing to study. And a lot of what I'm sharing in Luke 21 isn't just Protestant versus Catholic. There's a lot of Protestants who follow the teachings of St. Augustine, which has basically become the teaching of the Catholic Church, uh, conservative Lutherans, and, and many others. Okay, so we're talking about the Antichrist millennium. The millennium, again, is that 1,000-year period that's mentioned six times in Revelation chapter 20. Most of the Catholic criticisms and corrective teaching about prophecy is usually directed at the rapture-at-any-moment type of beliefs. And remember, the rapture-at-any-moment beliefs are based on a future literal millennial view called pre-mill. Now, I must admit, I have been directing most of my corrective uh, teaching against this rapture at any moment and the pre-mill viewpoint that goes along with it. Yet, I need to be careful because I think quite a bit on what the catechism teaches, and I go back and read it several times, and really, uh, we're at section 676, and this is so important, and I must admit, I don't know if I've in the past read it as carefully as I should have because there's one particular form of millennialism that helps launch the Antichrist utopian deceptions in the form of a worldwide satanic political order. And it's not the pre-mill viewpoint, at least as far as I understand. Therefore, the seriousness of this section 676, on a 1 to 10 scale, I would say it's around, say, 10,000. It's really important. And to me, that section 675, the catechism is so important. For those who think the future, for a variety of reasons, is a cotton candy future, uh, section 675 will wake you up. And then the, the cousin to next section, 676, says this. The Antichrist deception already begins to take shape in the world every time the claim is made to realize within history the messianic hope which can only be realized beyond history through the eschatological judgment. 
the church has rejected even modified forms of this falsification of the kingdom to come under the name of millenarianism, especially the intrinsically perverse political form of a secular messianism. This is a lot. This one isn't quite as easy as some of the other sections. I think 675 you can get. You may not like to hear it because it's sobering news about the future, but 676 is a little difficult, and here's what's going on. The present millennium, the amillennium viewpoint taught by St. Augustine sees the city of man coexisting and wrestling with the city of God until the second coming of Christ. And within that viewpoint, there's a dark and deceptive outbreak of evil that intensifies for a brief period before the second coming. That's the great apostasy. But basically, the present kingdom viewpoint, the amillennial viewpoint, the Augustan uh, viewpoint, the catechism viewpoint, the city of man coexists and wrestles with the city of God. In the post-mill viewpoint, and what this says, Christ returns after a utopian period of human history. And in other words, the city of man, rather than conflicting and coexisting with the city of God, the city of man is transformed into a type of city of God before the second coming. And it's been my observation that many of those who hold to this post-mill viewpoint, and there are folks still around who do, they tend to um, underemphasize the little season of the great apostasy mentioned in Revelation 20. And it's because how do you explain a worldwide outbreak of evil after you just created utopia? Okay, now there's a cross-reference to section 676. And again, I'm urging you to look at the scriptural footnotes to what they're talking about, but when it talks about anything in these uh, sections of the catechism regarding biblical prophecy, but the cross-references on the side margins also, this one is given for cross-reference 2425, and it says this, the church has rejected the totalitarian and atheistic ideologies associated in modern times with communism or socialism. She has likewise refused to accept and practice uh, capitalism with the ultimate primacy of the law of the marketplace over human labor. In other words, um, billionaire capitalism taking over everybody's business. All right. Uh, that's what it's referring to. I don't think that's the end of it. That's Let's just put that out there. But what you have, this is the danger. It says, now listen, the Antichrist deception already begins. It's already going on. Obviously, communism, socialistic states, totalitarian states, this is already going on, and it's intensifying. The modern world, you think we're enlightened, we have all this modern stuff and inventions and everything else and technology, and we still have the bad stuff going on. Well, this is how the Antichrist deception begins and spreads. You take millennialism, the idea of a golden period um, without poverty, without war, 
uh, with uh, prosperity, uh, everybody's happy. So you have millennialism coupled with a utopian political ideology. You see, it's really dangerous to hook up religion with something it doesn't belong with. And you then have the when you have the political ideology coupled with a religious utopian millennium idea, that's how the Antichrist last kingdom in the world will will establish itself. So the heirs of Russia are alive and well, and just talk about people in Russia are kind of aware of that. But the people in the United States and in Europe are not quite as aware of what happens when you have a new world order or a great reset and you combine everything and so everybody's happy, there's no war, and I'm not for war, I'm against war, but there's not going to be an end of war until Jesus Christ is the middle of the peace process. But through their dreaming, coupled with the millennium views, uh, they're going to create an antichrist uh, kingdom. And in the next episode, I'm going to show you in a very specific way, I think I found the key, or at least a very important key, that unlocks Section 676 in the most unusual way. It'll maybe challenge a lot of you. Some of you may get upset with me, but that's okay. My my job is to speak truth as, as accurately and as compassionately as I can. But I want to stop because I really feel that we who have this catechism, these truths, we have an obligation to share them with our Christian neighbors. And I want to share how the perversion of the post-mill viewpoint split American Protestantism. And you'll need to know this if you want to convince evangelical friends of the reality of a present millennium or the amill viewpoint. What happened? And this is how the post-mill prompted the rapture fever. In the early 20th century, there were some influential Protestant groups and denominations that embraced the social gospel. In other words, they coupled socialism with the millennial utopian viewpoints, and you're going to, you know, solve poverty, crime, war, everything. And, you know, there was a lot of prosperity going on in the late 19th, early 20th century. You had all these inventions that made life more pleasant, and everybody thought, we're on a roll here. So you have the post-mill socialism in mainline denominations. So it's no longer Jesus and the gospel that transforms society, but the social gospel. And I must say, that same plague is infecting Catholicism in our day. Liberation, theology, and uh, Catholics taking millions, tens of millions from pro-death Democrats for social programs. This isn't going to change the world. This is going to compromise the world. But in any case, Protestants with a lick of sense and basic knowledge of the Bible said the social gospel isn't what the Bible is talking about, so they broke. And they broke, and it became what we call today Protestant fundamentalism. And a well-intentioned Protestant response to the social gospel was the publishing of a set of essays called The Fundamentals, A Testimony to the Truth, and it was financed by the founder of Union Oil, uh, 
thousands, tens of thousands of these were sent to ministers, missionaries, theologians all across the United States. And in these volumes, they, since some of the fundamentals were things like the truthfulness of the Bible, okay? Uh, the virgin birth, the miracles of Jesus, and such like that. Uh, but in there, it was said that the pre-mill viewpoint was, was the only scriptural way to interpret biblical prophecy, and to embrace any other would be a denial of scripture. And you may want to know why I did our previous episode of Luke 21 and why I said you take Revelation 20 and you interpret it biblically, not literally, because people think if you don't take it literal, you're not taking it biblical. So anyhow, you might want to re-listen to that. So you have fundamentalism broke from mainline Protestantism in many instances. At the same time, the pre-trib rapture teaching was taking off like a rocket ship, and two things really aided this. First, the Schofield Reference Bible, which taught rapture at any moment theory, was published in 1909, and it did an excellent job of spreading the rapture at any moment view. And then also, there were prophecy conferences throughout the country in the late 19th century. And after the trauma of World War I, people were done with post-mill. They were done with the liberal social gospel. So they adopted not only premillennialism, but they got what was the form of premillennialism really being pushed at that time, and that was the rapture at any moment. So in any case, that's how we got to where we are today. In the next episode, I'm going to be sharing with you the overlooked key to comprehending the full importance of section 676 and the rise of the Antichrist deceptive utopia. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 321 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com. Thank you.